on the way home, I got a text and she contacted me and she said, I want to use your um, poem and your song halfway home for my eulogy. She said, I'm writing it myself. But I mean, you know, she said, I, I have my plans to, to get the hell out of here. But she said, in the meantime, I have to take care of a few things. From NCPR, welcome to Northwards. People, ideas, and conversations from and about Northern New York, Vermont, and beyond. I'm Mitch Tyke. Support for the Northwards podcast comes from Joe Steiniger and Mary McDonald in support of the Adirondack Foundation, building stronger Adirondack communities. I'm going to start out by telling you a little something about myself here. I will try not to overshare. I have been living for a really long time with Crohn's disease. If you don't know what that is, I'll just say I do not recommend it. My body spends a lot of time trying to systematically kill off my digestive system. I'm telling you this as a way to explain that I've had what some people would think of as nasty tummy aches since I was about 16 years old. It's really my intestines, but I'm not going to split hairs here. Anyway, it was a few years after I started feeling lousy that my dad was in Japan on a business trip. And while he was there, he picked up a CD for me, maybe as a joke, maybe in case it was helpful, called Medical Music, Stomach and Intestines. Here is a little piece from it. Okay, so it also happens to be Bach's Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 6, performed by the Stuttgart Chamber Orchestra. And you know, I have to say, it doesn't make my intestines feel any worse. The whole reason I'm telling you this story is to point out that I have a little something in common with Anne Sweeten. She has also been living with chronic illnesses, in her case, first breast cancer and now leukemia. She does not rely on the Stuttgart Chamber Orchestra in hard times, though. She is actually a composer of piano music, music that not only helps her work through challenging times, but helps other people through their own health challenges. Anne Sweeten's new CD is called Love Walks Through Rain. She lives in Clayton and in Massachusetts, which is where we reached her. Anne Sweeten, it is a real pleasure. Same here, Mitch. And before we get too much further, I think I have to say a belated happy birthday. Yes, I I had a great birthday, um, the 1st of August. <laughs> how, how did you spend it? Well, uh, in the morning, more, you know, just trying to deal with stuff because we left the next day for to, to come back to Massachusetts. Uh, but in the afternoon, we went to this little uh, cute kind of restaurant cafe for some Prosecco. Um, and it looks right out on the, this marina in Clayton, New York. And then we went to a restaurant called De Prinzio's for dinner, uh, right on the St. Lawrence River. And also in Clayton, uh, had a delicious dinner and went home and opened packages. And people called me to wish me happy birthday, which is why I forgot my phone. <laughs> right. It you sent me a note this morning saying that you left your phone in uh, in Clayton and, uh, and right. you're back in Massachusetts. Well, the, the thing was, I, I had packed it away. I thought everyone had called me and somebody <laughs> else called me. And I my husband pulled it out. And then I left it on the table. And we left early in the morning. And I've never done that. Never, never, never <laughs> done that. And oh, anyway. Well, so we're talking to you in in Massachusetts, um, but as you say, you you have this place in Clayton. What is what does having the place up here mean to you? Well, it's the St. Lawrence River has always been near and dear to my heart. Uh, when I was 
a few months old, we moved up to Watertown, New York, and we lived on a street called Paddock Street. At that point in time, my father worked at New York Airbrick, and um, it was it was a great neighborhood. But all of our neighbors also summered at this little yacht club in Clayton called the Clayton Yacht Club, uh, right on the river. So my parents did as well, and then we'd all go down there, and everybody had a cabana back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> now it's completely renovated and very different, but parts of it are still exactly like they were when I was a little girl, and it's very very nostalgic but anyway um we moved away when i was quite young but my mother kept in touch with all these neighbors and would bring me back and to uh revisit and rekindle and go down to the river the yacht club and whatnot and um as i got older my mother passed away when i was quite young uh i stayed in touch with her contemporaries um all their kids you know, were off at college or they'd graduated, gotten married, were starting to have kids and stuff. And that was not my path. Um, and so, you know, over the years, I kept loosely in touch with a number of the people. And then they would try and get as many of the folks that were more my age to visit as well if they were around. So that's how it started. And then I decided I wanted to get a house up there and we looked and we looked and we looked and we couldn't find anything and then my husband had been saying right along well let's buy land and i said oh good god i can't even <laughs> begin to think of you know <laughs> i didn't think i was the septic the well the wiring the electric i i just it was just completely daunting but we were having no luck so one day we get we had a list of houses we wanted to see and the realtor said i'm sorry but none of these are a go I mean, you don't want to see them. You can see them, but you won't like them. And I said, all right, very well. You got any land? <laughs> and so he said, I actually have one parcel left, blah, 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 right on the river. And we went to go see it. That was it. We bought it. <laughs> and uh, that was 2014. We built the shell in 2016. And now we live there. We're there about six months back and forth, you know. Three weeks there, one week here. You know, when you when you get to a certain age, you should probably stop thinking about those things you'd like to do when you grow up. But having another place somewhere uh, seems like something that I would like to have when I grow up. Listening listening to you talk about uh, about having this place to go to, it sounds like uh, just a really special part of who you are. It is. It absolutely is. And the other thing is that I named the place after one of my pieces. River Song. My last three albums, the covers were all shot up there. I compose up there. I write my liner notes up there many times. It's just, it's wonderful. We have so, so many more friends up there, actually, than we do here. And I've lived here for, God, I think it's 40 years now. We have friends, but, you know, it's just, it's not, these, these relationships go back to childhood. I mean, some of these people, we all ran around in the sprinklers together, oh, wow. you know what I mean? In the backyard on Paddock Street. It's just very cool. 
forgive this question because maybe I'm, I'm making uh, a comparison that doesn't exist, but you, you tell me. You and your husband designed the house on the St. Lawrence River kind of from whole cloth. Is there a comparison to be made in designing a house and writing a song? Well, the process is very different, but I think the philosophy behind it is the same. And um, Randy has incredible vision and very artistic in multi-mediums. And, I mean, he gets these ideas all the time. But in much the same way, you know, I'll, I'll be thinking about something or are influenced by what's going on in nature right outside, you know, a moody day, for example, you know, I mean, one of the pieces on my new album is Out of the Fog. It's it, um, multidimensional, but the initial sort of impetus for the song or the inspiration, I was sitting in our rate room and uh, it was extremely foggy. And one of those, you know, those big freighters that go by mm-hmm. uh, when it was coming out, almost looked like a ghost ship. And you could barely see it and was emerging out of this bank of mist and fog and blank piece of paper and a song was born. You know, I think I wrote it in one day. When did that uh, the the Ann Sweeten who was running around uh, under the sprinkler at five? At what point did you know you wanted to be a musician? Well, actually, when I was six, I had gone over to my cousin's house, and she had this little toy keyboard. It was no more than you know, probably a foot and a half long. <laughs> you know, nothing. But I was fascinated absolutely fascinated i had already started taking ballet so i loved music and my mother always had broadway show tune records going on and other things too but i was always dancing in front of the stereo and so i guess I, i'm just musically inclined and i i happened to tell my mother about my cousin's keyboard and i you know went on and on and on. i said you know christmas is coming you think i could get one and uh, she just took it all. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And that Christmas, my mother gave me a Hammond organ. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so elated. And I couldn't reach the pedals because I was too little. So I stood the first year and I started lessons, but I play, I started playing it right away. And then, you know, through the course of a couple of different teachers, uh, we um, they told me that I told my mother, if you want her to develop, truly develop technically, um, you need to get an acoustic instrument here. And so my ninth Christmas, I got a piano. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and to hear this story and, and to listen to your latest album or, or you know, uh, your previous work, people would be surprised to hear if – if I have this right, and I, I think I do, that that when you started, you you fronted a rock band. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> yes, I, I was. Um, well, I had, you know I had done a lot of ballet, and I had done a few, a couple of musicals. My teachers, I was in a, in a little ballet company in New Jersey actually, and they were hired by a couple of uh, regional uh, theaters to provide 
choreography and the dancers for the chorus. So I did a couple of those. But then shortly after college, living in Boston, I got myself into a rock band. Yes. <laughs> and I had the spiked hair and everything. <laughs> and I was the lyricist of all the music in the original uh, band. And uh, we did that for, I guess it was a couple of years. Then I went back to the Boston Conservatory. And, uh, you know, I, for a while, I was juggling two careers. Um, I was using the kind of cabaret at clubs and restaurants. I would sing and play. But then I started to introduce my own material into my sets. And the response was like incredible. <laughs> so I met my husband in 90 and I hadn't recorded anything yet. But he said, what was that that you just played? We met on uh, Block Island, Rhode Island. And we were at one of the hotels that had a piano and I was just playing um, while he went to get us a couple of drinks or something. And I said, oh, it's just composition of the moment. And he said, you're kidding, right? And I said, no, I'm just literally fussing around on the piano. He goes, that should be recorded. And I said, no, 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 no. And he said, yes, 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 yes. And I said, well, listen, you know, I'm primarily an actress and all of that. And I'm, yes, I'm a musician, but I said, what? Do, so if I record it, I have no idea what to do. He goes, just record it. We'll figure it out. And that is the beginning of the story. <laughs> and now 16 albums later. <laughs> so so thank God your cousin didn't have like a slide whistle or uh, or an accordion, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how are you doing? I, I, I gather the, the last few years haven't really been uh, especially easy for you. Oh, I would say the last 20 plus, actually. Um, yeah, two two bouts of breast cancer, and then I ended up with leukemia in 2017, which really pulled my cork because, you know, I figured I was done. You know, I was just done. And I was just, what, what more can really happen here? But um, the first time I had breast cancer, uh, the radiation doses that they used was pretty pretty powerful and i no one can really say this but i've talked to some of my doctors and they feel that it's probably because of that as i had the radiation well over 20 years ago and things have changed a lot um and uh you know the only the only known cause of leukemia is exposure to radiation so anyway, I, you know, now let's see, it's been six years. I'm on my fourth drug. They are referred to as chemo drugs, but they are not uh, IV. They're pill you take every day. And I've had a lot of side effects problems, which is why I've had so many different ones. The one I'm on now, knock on wood, um, appears to be doing a good job without, you know, any issues. So I'm just like this, you know, I just try not to even think about it. I just like, like take every days. Sometimes something I'll feel something. And I'm like, I wonder if that's drug related. This is definitely taken a lot out of me. All these drugs, you know, um, I'm a pretty 
energetic person and stuff, but not the way I was before all this proverbial, you know what, hit the proverbial thing. (laughs) (laughs) It must at least be nice to have this place in Clayton and also the comfort of your music to go to uh, when times are rough. When I'm up there, I totally forget about it. And one reason we come home, like for a week or so, um, is usually for, well, it's, you know, they follow me closely. So I have to see these doctors and stuff. Um, so, you know, that when I get home, it's like, okay, now we have to face that music and, you know, those blood tests and and wait for those results and hope that the drug is, is working the way they had wanted it to. Uh, but being up there is, yes, it's just complete solace and, you know, it, it's just so beautiful. I mean, it's and so pastoral. I mean, mo- most of around us is conservation land, too. And then my music, uh, through everything, I've always sat down at my piano and whatever pain or anger or, you know, the various emotions you go through when these things happen. Um, and it's released somehow channels through my fingers into the keyboard and out comes this um, piece. And now one example was when I did get um, the diagnosis for the leukemia, um, the nature of the, they call the the rogue chromosome is called Philadelphia 22. And um, I wrote a piece called Philadelphia 22. And when I first wrote it, it was angry. And I mean, there was a lot of boom banging on the keys and that was you know that was how it started its inception and then gradually as i worked it the anger was released and i was able to um finesse it into something that was dramatic and powerful but not anger for anger's sake I mean, I was able to harness it. That's it. I was able to harness the anger by by smoothing it out. And it, it's a beautiful piece. And it's very, like, very emotional. You know something's going on. But I knew I had to, to start the piece, I had to let that out because I could. I need to get past it. You know, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally, totally, yeah. You know, you were talking about... Um, you know how you've been through uh, a couple of bouts with breast cancer, and and you're currently living through leukemia. And I I, I saw in your biography that one of the things that you do is that you're actually a featured artist with something called uh, Healing Healthcare Systems. Is that music for people who are are going through rough times with their health? Well, as well? it's it's health. Issues in general. This is a healing healthcare systems. That's the company name. Um, the care channel is what it's is featured in all these hospitals and uh, clinics and whatnot for people who are in the hospital who have 
in their audio videos so people see a relaxing, beautiful thing. They make these videos and they put an artist's music to it. And they did a feature on me, I think it was a couple of years ago, but the video is just gorgeous. And they have my music coming in, but they also have me playing and coming in and out through the mountains and, and stuff, sort of ghosted imagery and whatnot. And it's just so soothing for people who are in an otherwise very stark environment, mm. you know? So, um, yeah, and, and before that, uh, I did a, I was involved briefly with Arts and Healthcare, which was started in, at St. Joseph's College in uh, West Hartford, Connecticut. They had a nursing program and everything, and I gave, I gave a, a regular concert for the public. Then I did a, another concert for the nursing students with a Q&A the following day. Then we went to the hospital and I gave another concert in the lobby. And then we did another meet and greet and a luncheon upstairs with all the, the clergy, some patients. Uh, one one patient was there and she came up to me. Um, she had, you know, her kerchief and everything. And she was in a wheelchair with her husband. And she stayed for the concert. She came to the luncheon. They, they all had so many questions for me. I couldn't get around to her to talk to her. And she had already left. And I was like, oh. and they told me she was in hospice. And I was just like, oh, God. And then I saw, I just really wished I could have gotten her number, you know, or just talked with her briefly. Well, Lord, and believe it or not, I, on the way home, I got a text. And she contacted me. And I, then we went back and forth and whatnot. She said, I want to use your um poem and your song halfway home for my eulogy <laughs> she said i'm writing it myself and i wondered if i could use it myself but i mean you know she said i i have my plans to to get the hell out of here but she said in the meantime i have to take care of a few things I mean, it was just anyway when she passed away and i i dedicated a um a video to her let me ask you a weird question because this is the kind of thing that plays in my mind uh, a lot um, as as I work my way through middle age. Um, when you think when you're when you're in your own head, how old are you? Is this a question about how old I wish I was or how old I feel? You know, we have this vision of ourselves. I, I feel like we have this vision of ourselves, right? That if you know you conked me over the head and I you know, forgot like my current circumstances, I would wake up and think I'm like, what age? And, you know, for me, it's like 32 or something. And uh, like, I feel like, you know, there's a moment in my existence where I'm sitting with my relatives and they're all a certain age. And, you know, we're sitting around a room in my grandparents' house, and it's funny because it doesn't work really because I'm 32, and you know, and they're like 41, but you know, they're actually 30 years older than me. So, but like, I, I feel like we all have this moment that we're frozen in time, and I guess I'm curious, given all that you have gone through in your life, like whether you have a it, there's an Ann Sweeten that's frozen in time. I wouldn't say. Frozen in time, but I would say in my head, like early 40s. That's when I got married to Randy. Um, it was pre all this stuff. 
Um, I mean, I know it's changed me. You know, I just say that. Yeah. So maybe to turn things to a to a happier moment. Um, we're talking to you. You're in Massachusetts now, but uh, you'll be back in Clayton pretty soon. What's the first thing that you're going to do when you walk through the door? Besides find your phone, uh, what's the <laughs> what's the first thing? <laughs> Where it is. <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do. Um, well, we have to unload everything, but we have three dogs, so they get priority. We got to get them out on the I know what the first thing that they want to do. <laughs> yes. Um, run them around and put them out on the deck so that we can come in and out without them, you know, running out. Um, and then, as I said, we have so many friends up there. We've got, like, we've got so many get-togethers that I'll be getting ready for those. <laughs> <laughs> friends coming over and going places and, you know, just... Uh, it's just so much fun to socialize with these people. And it, it's weird, you know, because we, we have these huge pockets of our lives. You know, their kids have their own kids now. And yet, and I missed out on so much of that in terms of knowing them during those times. But now I've, I'm meeting their kids and their kids' kids. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, there's this big gap, but it doesn't seem to matter, you know? Uh, well, before we... Uh, before we close. Uh, yeah. Uh, I really just want to say, uh, Anne Sweeten, it's really, it's just been uh, a true delight getting to know you. Same here, Mitch. Ann Sweeten's new CD is called Love Walks Through Rain. She spent part of her childhood in Watertown and along the St. Lawrence River. She now divides her time between Clayton and Massachusetts, which is where we reached her. You will find out more about Ann Sweeten at ncpr.org slash northwards. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Northwards. I'm Mitch Tyke. I hope you enjoyed our interview, and you can catch new content every Friday right here or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more about Northwards and NCPR on our mobile app or at our website, ncpr.org. And while you're there, make a donation to support everything you hear on North Country Public Radio. Northwards is an NCPR podcast production. The show is written, edited, and produced by Mitch Tyke with digital production supervision by me, Ethan Shanty. Caitlin Kelly handles our social media, Bill Hanel is our digital director, and Doyle Dean is our production manager. Music is by the Wickmore Jazz Trio of Plattsburgh. To support this show and find more podcasts, visit ncpr.org. This is NCPR, North Country Public Radio.